Hi everyone, welcome to the show. So today we have uh, Nadia with us and Nadia is a friend I've known um, when we started out as interns at UCLA Remap. So we met there in, uh, in LA and you know it's just great to catch up with her um, after all these years. I think it's about possibly about you know, five years that we were in LA. So um, she is an experienced producer. Um, she's worked recently in Tiny Island Productions uh, worked in Toka Boka as an assistant production manager, and you know, you may think, "Hey, why am I why am I just interviewing a producer today?" But the interesting thing is, she has been an animator, and um, prior to be, I mean, she's trained as an animator in uh, school, the school of the visual arts, uh, before she became a producer. So um, let's beam her in to welcome her, Aha, and we will start. Oh. Pretty soon. Okay, I think she's starting to get beamed in. Okay, Nadia. Hi. <laughs> you're, you're live now, yes. So yes, we have Nadia here today. And uh, yeah, would you like to share a little bit more about um, what you're currently doing right now? Um, and where you're at at um, the moment? So hello everyone, and thank you all for having me around. Um, so, uh, I'm Nadia Ujaya. I was a producer in Tiny Island for three years. Um, right now, I am just waiting for my job to start, also as a producer. Um, but on the sideline, I do have my own um, IP that I'm very invested into. Uh, so while the job is gonna, you know, start in a month time, that's where I'm focusing my attention on. So I mean, when I met you at UCLA, um, that was back in when that was in twenty. That was more than five years ago, Don. That was wow. Oh, that was like when I was in poly, so that has been nine years. Nine, nine years. <laughs> <laughs> nine years. Wow. And how yeah. how 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 has it been like? You know, your entire journey in these nine years, starting up from that internship at um UCLA. I you you still you still studying back then, right? You were still yeah. yeah. Um, so I think when you met me back then, I was also studying animation. Uh, in fact, I was studying three D animation in Singapore Poly, and then after that, um, that was like my last year in um Singapore Poly. So then, subsequently, I went to the states and I went to study in the in New York in School of Visual Arts also in animation because I really wanted to pursue that industry. Um, and um, I was working, uh, I was studying there for three years and then I, uh, I was working there for a year as a 3D artist, uh, freelancing from uh, multiple uh, studios from uh, Frame Store mm. to uh, Molecule. And then, then I ended up in Toka Buka. That's, a, that's my first time being in a management role. Mm. And three years on the road, I came back, I mean, a year after that, I came to Singapore and became a producer permanently after that in three years' time. Wow. So what, what made the jump for you? I mean, you were previously interning at all these couple of places. Framestore is one of them, yeah? And yeah. 
I mean, there's a big jump, right? From being an artist to being a kind of like more in the management kind of role, right? More like a producer. How, how was that jump like? Um, so I think in the first place, uh, I, I always had in mind that I wanted to have my own entity. I've always, I, I love art. I love doing 3D animation. But the big question to me then is always been like, how do I, how am I going to make this a business of mine like how can I earn money out of this right so I went eight years being a student in this industry in 3D animation but I came out eight years later not knowing how to still earn money out of it if anything like yeah I, you know I became a lot more skilled in the art itself but I don't know how to sell myself I don't know how to get clients mm-hmm. I mean I think like that's every artist who just graduate that's always the biggest questions like yes, now I've come out with like all the skills. Where am I going to put all the skills into? How am I going to earn money? I hope somebody will like, um, you know, get me into their company and I'll have to like keep working onto my skills till I die. Something like that, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I mean, that was like that road that I I already foresee myself going down the road of uh, being an artist is Mm -hmm. keep owning that skills and you... Potentially, if one day you have enough capital, maybe you can have your own business of yourself and then put yourself out there as a service. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's one road. And I felt like that road was very a long path. And I really want to be able to learn faster on how I can actually earn that money using mm. that skills of mine. So, um, you know, I had one year experience being, you know, being an artist. I wanted to see and I wanted to, you know, skip myself to see how is it this whole business side of things work. And so when I came back to Singapore, um, I'm pretty sure everybody knows that Tiny Island is by David. So I, 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 I talked to David and David actually gave me a choice. Look, you know, um, you have your skills as an artist. And, you know, if you're in the, uh, if you want to be in a mid role, you could come in here as a technical artist, as a lighting artist, which is sort of like in terms of the artistic skill, that's that's where I'm more um, good at. But he said, I think you have a knack on being a producer. You're really good at communicating. You know, you have really pretty good social skills. Uh, we could, You could try that out. But if you're going to come in here as a producer, you're going to start from zero. So then, you know, he kind of gave me some time to weigh upon it. And um, for me, that thought of always wanting to know how to run a business with Mm. my skills in the long run is always there. So that's why I said, okay, you know what? Um, It's okay. I don't need to be in the mid-role. I'll start from fresh. I'll literally come in as a junior. And I want to learn from you on literally how to get client, how to actually manage a business, how Mm. to manage a huge animation pipeline like how do you manage the budget how do you uh, control the timeline you know and I think uh, it's really a privilege to be able to learn it at you know such a I think I'm still pretty young to be able to learn that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I know I have a lot of communicate I talked to a lot of artists even back when I was in the states and to be honest like if you're talking to anybody that's under 30 you hardly have a lot of people who are who have the knowledge to be able to tell you 
look, this is how you can actually sell your skill set in the business side of things. Uh, I think like it's only until you have like maybe five or six years experience, then they'll be able to like, okay, you know, I've gone through this whole, you know, scene. Now I'm at this space where I've already tried to brand myself and like sell myself. Mm. So I can give you that tips. But typically the people who give me that advice tends to be people who are, you know, slightly older, slightly already have a, a, a brand new brand that they're starting out. And I just, I'm privileged to be able to get to know that Mm. at an earlier age when I'm still not in my 30s yet um so I think that's where my I guess my I position myself as you know a little bit young but knowledgeable in a lot of the scene you know mm-hmm. so yeah that's where I came in yeah and that kind of ties into how you started out in school right because you didn't just want to be a craftsperson you wanted to be like um the person who is able to just finish the project and finish it well you you weren't focused yeah. on the nitty-gritty stuff right Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always tell myself that I think I'm a jack of all trades. Um, it's not a good thing, neither is it a bad thing. Um, it's just that I can't, I don't have a good attention span to actually integrate on a specific thing. And that's also the reason why I like to be a look developer and a lighter because I don't need to be like so focused on like the details of like making sure that cloth is like really, really there and like that fur is really, really there. As well as as a full picture, like that character is developed, that room, that environment is looking awesome with the lighting and all of the textures and stuff. And I'm good to go, right? So um, with that personality, I think it really fits me well as a producer because then I'm roaming around to make sure as a whole project, um, things are getting done according to time. It doesn't need to be like super perfect, but I will have the, I need to have the eye to be able to like, okay, you know what? This is actually good enough. If this timeline and this amount of budget that's already spent, I think we can move ahead to go to the next phase of like the rigging, you know, that sort mm. of stuff. Um, and it, it takes, I think that's where my eight years of like studying comes into practice because I can sense or get to know when I should stop and move forward with the phase. Mm. Did your artist friends go like, oh my God, you're becoming a producer after eight years, eight years of learning and honing your craft. You're just going to dump it all away and move towards uh, producing. How, how did your friends react? I mean, yeah, actually a lot of people asking me, why are you doing, why are you being a producer? Because, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of negativity towards the idea of what a producer is in the artist realm. Um, and I always like, why do you want to go to that line? Like, you know, like you're you're pretty good yourself and your skills. Like, why do you want to go there? Yeah, so um, <laughs> did they say that? <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. They felt like you betrayed us. You're gonna be those people who are gonna like just like tell us to sh- stop doing it and just like quickly finishing it. Um, uh, but back to it. Um, the reason. I mean, I always know what I want to do, that my goal is there. And yeah. uh, people can say whatever that they want to say, why I choose this and why, you know, we start from the ground zero. Mm. Uh, to me personally, because I know where my goal is, mm. I don't think my eight years was a waste. I really felt that, like, my experience of, like, knowing and honing that skill with uh, animation mm-hmm. is super, super valuable to give better judgment to how I want to pursue my IP, you know? Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, 
you sound you sound quite savvy, you know, in terms of like um, how do you manage the business side of things. Is there somewhere they got it from? Ah, uh, yeah. So, um, I I do have a history. Well, my my dad actually worked as um, a printer, and uh, he would actually print children's books, and he does mass production. And a lot of his clients tend to be uh, children books that are in German. So I can never actually, when I was young, I never understood any of the books. All I know that this book is so entertaining because it's so pretty. <laughs> yeah, the illustrations of all of these German books is always so pretty. And I always love like just scrolling through it. Uh, I mean, I don't understand a single word of it, but that's fine to me. I still understand the concept of the whole thing. And uh, maybe that's where I got this nectar of like, um, I was inspired by my dad, right? Like mm. he's still doing a really pretty art book with like really nice graphics and I love it and I would keep at it and it's still I still have an emotional attachment to the art form itself and I still aspire my dad for making it but he didn't have to be the one that literally draw the book he didn't have to be the one to literally you know uh, create the script and all of that I think mm-hmm. and he you know there's a lot of rooms for how you can play around being in the art scene. You don't have to be the artist if that's not what you want to be. And I, my inspiration is from my dad being able to run a business and still be in the art scene. So mm. I want to be like that, right? I, I don't just want to be stuck as a artist. I want to mm. be able to be a person that be able to sell art and, you know, be able to uh, communicate to the mass audience on amazing craft you know mm. stuff like that yeah. yeah cool so what's what's a day like in in your in your life as a producer you know how is it like hmm <laughs> how's a day like i guess it varies so when i was um i, I already had experience working on commercial uh animations i was working on tv animation as well and uh we did like a very long form, high, high render quality uh, animation as well. And that took kind of like also a year. So I do have a rough understanding of like short form project to long form projects. Mm. So that question is a little bit hard to answer on how my day to day is. It really depends <laughs> on like how hustle and bustle the timeline is and how much of the budget we are given by the client. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And that defines, sometimes that's the thing that defines whether the artist would love the producer or not sometimes it's really due to the amount of the budget and the amount of the timeline that is given to the producer from the client mm-hmm. you know and uh, I mean I'm, I'm not gonna lie sometimes we we are the situation really forces us to be a bad guy as a producer to the artist <laughs> we're on the neck to make sure that those projects finish right we, yeah. we um we this is the client is the one that's giving us money I'm responsible to make sure that this is done. So sometimes, like, I'm so sorry. I'm gonna like have to like force you to like do this faster, like faster, <laughs> you know. And you know, I was on both ends, right? I was also that artist that like, why are you telling me to work faster? I'm already like working hundred and ten percent. I can't work any faster. Mm. Um, but if there's anything that um I tend to me personally as a producer is I would sit next to my artist and actually communicate with him. Okay, look, 
which is the one that is actually going to take you more time? How can we like, uh, which are the areas that we can maybe try to cut it off just so that we can do it faster? And sometimes as an artist, you know, you guys tend to be very perfectionist and I completely understand why you want to do the best of your craft. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they would just have to like give it in because they know that uh, we just have to literally work together to get this thing out of the door and get our money in, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's something that uh, I always try to do with my fellow artists but back when I was in uh, Tiny Island. Mm. Uh, I would have to sit down and really talk to them um, personally on like how they can approach certain things. Mm. So do you think like the artists in your team will actually see you differently because you can speak their language? Because you have eight years of training at SBA, yeah? Yeah. So do they see you in a different light with say maybe another producer who doesn't have that kind of background? Uh, I mean, there are like very, very... Um, personality in back when we were in TIP uh, when I was in TIP uh, we had like about four five different producers and all of us are just a little bit different from one another in mm. terms of our character um, I mean I don't think I have that brand from everybody for being like oh because she was an artist she could understand me I think the one thing that people tell me or my fellow artists will tell me is that I'm just talkative <laughs> and, I, and I just um, it's easy to talk to me because I don't necessarily have to talk to them like work work like they feel comfortable to talk to me as a friend mm. and we kind of like just be able to work together to solve it so I don't think they have that impression of me yet a artist as a producer mm. but it's just like oh my god we have this problem how do we work this out and then i'm like yeah we do have this problem okay let's just like brainstorm together you know like <laughs> I, uh, we don't have that like positioning on who's higher and whatnot like that i, I don't mm. really want that too or if possible mm. Um, mm. so yeah. you're, you're kind of like their garden angel right of sorts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Maybe you should ask the artists who are in Tanya a little bit. Yeah, I don't want to say anything if I'm a guardian angel or not. Hey, but you're a friend. I mean, um, you kind of look out for them and to make sure that you know, things get delivered on time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's a two side of it, right? Uh, no matter what, I, I do try my best to be a that person that will be able to connect to the artist. Mm. Uh, but, you know, there's always that moment where it gets ugly, where, uh, you know, we we start to see, as a producer, it's so easy to get absorbed in the project and just see things just based on calendars and numbers just draining down every day, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes, like, when it's crunch time, it's very easy for us to forget that, like, all this craft are still manpower. You know, it takes mm. a lot of manpower to make. Um, so when we get into that mode, it does tend to be disconnected. There's always a disconnection between us and the producer to the artist. Uh, it's not moments that as producer we are proud of, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think, I, I mean, I personally think that we just have to work to finish with a thing because at the end of the day, you know, we can't run away, right? As much as we're passionate about the craft mm. and everything, 
we still need money to live on. We still need money to eat. We still need money mm. to like have a roof on top of our head. So, I mean, I will always come back to that. Like, look, I'm very sorry. Like today, it seems like I will have to get ask you guys to stay back. We have to finish this. I I can't afford to like drag it any longer. Mm. Um, you know, we just need to get it done so that money could come in, like so that we can pay everyone. You know, mm. and it's, it is a very tough conversation, right? Um, mm. but that's being a producer, like you have to have that tough conversations with your artists. It's, it's mm. not always like happy days every day. Mm. Uh, as much as possible, you want it that way, but it's always a time when crunch time comes and uh, you see that certain artists are not like reaching the deadline that you wish for them to be. So then the harsh, the conversation has to be able to happen between us to just brush it down. Mm. So it sounds like you're just like being their friend and being understanding, but at the same time saying, hey, you know, we've got a objective to hit we've got a target to hit right um and we you're, you're kind of like trying to gel everyone to a common destination and a common goal right do you see yourself yeah. as like a um conductor of sorts in orchestra like you know you're like i do jumping so around like, from different departments yeah, and you know yeah. getting everyone saying, yeah, hey, let's mean, let's do this together like i like for example tv series right tv series is technically usually like about a, the fastest that you can do is maybe a year time but tendency a uh, tv series comes from a year and a half to two years from that time frame to finish the whole thing um and you would have like 50 people who is working on your whole project right uh because i especially I, I can't say much about uh other craft because i'm very specific to 3d animation in my years of experience and in 3d animation you have a huge team you know and you really feel like you're connecting and efficient and you're like sometimes if you have a large announcement for everybody you would just kind of everybody and everybody will look at you and like Ooh, you're just gonna like shout the whole thing out and you're like okay stuff like that ah. <laughs> i think that's really fun i think it's really fun when you're working on a huge team because you mm. start to really see everybody collaborating with each other yeah it's fun mm. Cool, cool, cool. So, I mean, before before every project, right, um, it also sounds like, you know, you got to get everyone working together to see the big picture, right? How, how, how do you do that? Do you have, like, have a specific way or formula, like, you know, where you enroll everyone and say, hey, guys, you know, um, we're going to work together as a team for a year for this TV series or XXX project, you know? How, how do you gel people that, together? Yeah. So, that's a little bit tough. Uh, that's a gamble, to be honest, like, whether or not they will gel together uh so what happened was that when when we get a project uh, a fund receiving the contract and stuff, stuff like that we already draw out a calendar we already know how long it will need to take and for this amount of time frame how many people we need to get in specific um, pipeline and so you sort of have a rough idea of the quality that the quality that you need to get and so you kind of get a you know sort of like the kind of portfolio uh, from the artists that you need, and then it, it's a process, right? So you once you gather the people who has that portfolio that caters to the art style, then the next thing is talking to them, you know, getting to know how they are as a person, and you know. You always have to put yourself, like like you said, as a producer, you're the conductor of the whole film. Uh, and so if 
you personally can't even gel to the artist, then um, you know it's going to be hard to to actually make everybody gel together because everybody kind of revolves in what you think personally connects to you. Mm. So um, I guess that's that's how I go with it. Like uh, I would interview them if I feel comfortable with them. Then I would have like our internal supervisors and like um, to to communicate with them. And then I'll be like, so how do you feel about this guy? And I'm like, yeah, I think I think it's okay. You know, I can talk to him. I think we can like I can picture myself working with him. And you know, as long as our internal team are comfortable at this point to be able to work together, and they can foresee, they can work together with that artist. Then you know, then we move forward with the whole um, getting getting them in. Mm. Like that. Okay. Yeah. So, cool. Uh, I mean, that's the first part of it, and then the next thing whether they gel with each other, <laughs> that's a whole different story. And there's no way that for me as a producer, I can control that. That's really something that they would just, it, things just slowly um, work on its own. When yeah, but, but how do you manage that, right? Because you do, you still do have to manage like tensions in a team, right? How do you like make sure everyone's like, um, hey, you know, I know you don't like this guy, but you know, we still got to get things done. Like, you know? Uh, I mean, let me think. I do have an experience like that, but it's like what you said, like they will tell me, hey, you know, um, I need to talk to you. Like they will come to me, I need to talk to you and then we'll go to a room and they'll be like, hey, you know, I don't think I'm like comfortable with like with this and this works. Um, uh, I work in this way and the rest of them works differently. Um, I, I'm not comfortable with it or I, I don't know how to position myself. So then, um, for me as a producer, I can only like listen to how the people who are involved in, mm. how they personally work. And then to sort of like untangling the knot and sort of like how to we find that common way of doing it, right? And um, sometimes, you know, you don't have to love, you, you know, you, I'm pretty sure you know it yourself. So you don't have to really like the person to be able to work with that person. I'm very sad to say that, but work is work, right? Mm. We we love the craft that we do. Uh, sometimes you just have to put aside your personal interest um, to continue what you passionate to work on. Mm. Um, it's still it's the bigger picture, better. yeah? Yeah, I think uh, you just need to make sure that I I mean it's a little bit tough to say because everything comes I will always like communicate with them and see how the situation is based on. There are even times that, you know, I would just say just go on with it. Um and slowly things will resolve on its own. Mm, okay. Sometimes it means one artist will swallow their pride. Another would sort this part of it, and they work together, and they they themselves, without my help, mm. find that common way of doing it. And so, yeah, we as a producer has to um, oversee all of this, but sometimes we don't need to always go inside it and solve it mm. because they're doing themselves. You know, everybody has the capability to communicate with each other. To, um, it's like finding a friend, right? Or when you're in a classroom, you talk to someone, 
he will find a way one way or another to just talk little shit and find that common interest it's the same like that you just have to trust them to be able to solve it sometimes yeah that's my take on it okay what's the what's the biggest challenge so far in your you know your years of experience producing as a producer the biggest challenge uh-huh. oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that like are there a lot of challenges there are a lot of different challenges uh, over the course of time mm. um i think the biggest challenge because when you're a producer you're not necessarily you're not necessarily at the top of the game Mm. which means there are certain things that even though you want to work you are the conductor but you're not you're not on your free will to conduct yeah you're not the owner of the opera or the orchestra yeah there are still certain rules and regulations that you have to follow and and sometimes it doesn't really work with how you as a producer want to work or sometimes it's not even something that you as a, the, the whole artist love it, you know? The hardest is like, if let's say 80% of the artists that you work with complain to you over the same thing. And that one thing that they complain is something that you don't even have the authority to solve. Mm. That gets really you know, tough because I'm stuck in the middle. Mm-hmm. So uh, when that happens, it sucks because, well, I mean, every job has up and downside. This yeah, is the downside. Of course, of course. Yes. The downside is that you would just have to take it in that, yes, this is something that comes up from my authority and I'm sorry that you don't like it, but you got to do it. Mm. And that happens, you know, very often and you just have to swallow it, right? Mm. And, you know, everybody has to move forward with the situation that you guys are in because this is just how it is, you know? And yeah. I would just have to swallow it that they don't like it. Mm. And, you know, things will just dissipate and then it will just, people will get used to it mm. and then we'll go forward from there. Yeah, because as, as, as artists, sometimes we're like, you know, we get too caught up with the craft and we are like wondering why is the producer constantly breathing down my neck? Right. And then, yeah. but we don't, we don't necessarily see what's happening behind the curtains. Right. Cause for you as a producer, you have to answer to your bosses. Right. And yeah. you too have to manage your team. So it's like, you're kind of like, um, the meat in a sandwich, if you like, because yes. you're the one that's running all the heavy machinery, right. You're making sure everything runs smoothly. And, yeah. um, we on the artist camp, we tend to be like, you know, I just want to get the work done and, Hearing what you just said, I think just um, opens up the perspective of uh, at least an artist's mind because, man, it's not easy being a producer, is it? <laughs> you manage two different <laughs> kinds of people, right? The yeah, business side yeah. and the art side. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 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 And um, I think one part of it, being, being a producer, you literally have to swallow your pride because you see, there are certain things that the authority of people higher than me would prefer to leave it as a confidential um, mm. communication between me as the producer to the client or to whoever is above me. And and sometimes the confidential conversation doesn't really 
it's not really in the it doesn't benefit the artist right in fact uh, it's things that it will affect them and they will ask me and then I cannot even explain because it's so confidential and mm, and then yeah. you're caught in that situation that you have to think how can I communicate it without actually blurting out all of the confidential stuff right mm, and still mm-hmm. make them view the perspective in an in, in the most open manner I think that's really tough um sometimes I will still have problem with that you know mm. uh, because there's only so much that you can go around out of the confidential topics and stuff like that mm. um you know I can tell you for example um confidential topic is like uh hey um so this month I think that um, we can't really send you that money in this particular day uh, I think we will have to, you know, delay this for another one month. How are you going to tell that to the artist if, let's say, literally a few days later, they need to get paid, right? Um, now, that's the part that I can't tell them, like, guys, mm. you know, they're it's not really, the, it doesn't drive them to move forward, right? The only thing that's going to affect is, like, why would I want to stay, you know? But mm. I have the responsibility to make sure that this project gets done. And mm. I have to have the, like I have to trust that the client would give money or whoever mm. would give the money so that mm. it will pay eventually. So that's not my job. My job is not to make sure that the money comes in. My mm. job is to make sure that uh, a project gets done. Mm. And so I have to really, really focus on my role as a producer to get things done. Mm-hmm. And with that, how am I going to convey to the artist uh, that I'm sorry? Uh, money is not going to come in, you know, in time, but we still have to work. You know, that part, especially this happens a lot in Southeast Asia. I really have to say that. Uh, it's something that you have to have a knack to communicate to them. Like you have to be able to tell them uh, strategically so that it doesn't blow everybody's mind. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that's something that uh, actually that's something that I would different differ from working in America and working in Southeast Asia. Mm. So you got to communicate differently in, you know, these two different yeah, markets. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just different market has different way of doing things. Um, and certain things you just, especially in Southeast Asia, when a promise is a promise, it's not really a promise. Like sometimes it'll get delayed. Even if, if it's written in a contract, it will you know, get postponed and stuff. It happens a lot more in Southeast Asia mm. as compared mm. to when you're working in, the, you know, in America. Mm. Okay. Do you wish all this stuff were taught back in school? Because, <laughs> I mean, you oh, were prepared for, sure. for this, right? Obviously. <laughs> I don't think, I mean, even for you guys as an artist, I don't think you guys have prepared for any of this. No school will tell you any of this, right? Mm-hmm. School will just mm-hmm. tell you how to hone your craft. Yeah, you know, you. Um, we almost wish that uh, the school would have a program that would actually teach you all of this. And uh, back when I was in the state, there was actually a class that just sort of like for one hour in a week that tells you on how to run uh, budgeting for your business. Mm. Um, but, you know, it was just one class out of like, you know, the rest of the week. And it was just like one hour. Uh, it never came across to any of us that this one hour is the most important thing <laughs> of mm-hmm. all. 
you know we always like oh man this is the most boring time of it it's the business <laughs> of life you know we yeah. always like oh i'm dreading it yes like, yes now that we're in this state we're like oh man i should have paid more attention to that because like my life depends on that right yeah um, yeah that was something that i see yeah it's true i mean back even when i was in school um we also had a kind of like a program where there was an experienced uh, comic artist who came by to talk to us about um, the business side of you know, the creative business. And he actually had some angel investors come in to listen in to some of our pitches and ideas. Um, guess what? The students all weren't interested. You know, that module was, I thought it was interesting, but you had like, you know, students like, I mean, I mean, students are just students, right? I mean, we just want to be creative and, and, you know, at that age, and it's all about um, coming up with cool stuff. And we all wanted to be cool kids who do cool stuff back then, right? <laughs> so you had like, I remember posters like, you know, sell out and whatnot, you know. Um, and looking back, I just thought, hey, actually, that is a wasted opportunity. You know, if, if people really right. had um, paid attention, um, maybe they, the, the whole moniker of being a starving artist wouldn't exist because people will know how to hustle and bustle and to make themselves mm. known out there, you know, rather than yeah. just focusing on doing your art. Because I'm sure there are many good artists out there or many good sure. creators out there. Um, yeah. But if you don't get noticed, then what's the purpose of, you know, generating all this art and all this um, yeah. good yeah. artwork, yeah. you know? It's, it's all down the I, trash. I really almost feel like if I could give a word of advice for like the young audience, the young people who wants to go to creative scene and not mm-hmm. necessarily in uh, art, right? Just mm-hmm. writers, right? Or uh, filmmakers or uh, I guess 3D animation, animation, any of this that is like required to be creative in the uh, craft itself mm-hmm. is that you have to remember at the end of the day, you're going to come out of this and you need to earn money to live to go by your life you know? mm-hmm. and you're not gonna end your life with just by yourself you're gonna you know you're gonna have more people that you're gonna have to feed your cost living expenses is gonna rise and that means that you need to you know find a way to earn a lot more money and yet we're in this stage where being an artist you're you're capped you are um unless you're an entrepreneur it's different but if you're working for someone and you're a, a, a craft maker you're the artist itself you will find yourself you will come to that point where you're a lead or you're a senior certain artist right and you can't go any higher because there's a cap there's an industry cap to that money mm. but there's no cap to your expenses right mm-hmm. so I don't know. It's something that I wish that even, I mean, I, I do sort of like uh, warn myself of that when I was younger, but I really did wish that I could learn a lot more on how I can and get more um, benefit financially in the long run out of this. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of um, artists and creatives also, you know, they do ponder about it sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. On, you know, in current, in our current situation right now, um, with all this pandemic happening, has it affected the kind of work that you do 
um, as a producer? Has it affected your workflow? Has it affected how um, you manage your projects? Not that everyone's stuck at home. Well, I think it's a little bit different for me because mm-hmm. uh, I have left my job uh, just in, at the start of when the pandemic started. Um, so for me, I have a different experience through this COVID. It's more of me uh, gathering all of the skills I have you know, honed and now is the time for me to pour it out. out oh, there. wow. Yeah. Uh, it becomes a, a time of self-reflection and like, yeah, you know, I've spent 12 years keep uh, learning new skills, new skills, new skills. And now I think it's a good time to start pouring it out, you know. So that's where my experience in COVID has been, mm. which is um, I've been putting into like uh, finding a way to sell up my IP creating an IP, uh, see how I can market it, how to brand myself in the whole current trend that there is going on. Um, you know, what is my expect value of my brand? That sort of thing, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I've been focusing my attention into. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you're creating your own IP. Um, I mean, would you mind sharing, like, what, what, what is your IP about? Yeah, so uh, my IP is on a character. Maybe I can, I think, Dominic, pretty sure we could share with you guys. With Yeah, I'll, I'll drop the link on the YouTube video. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I think for now, I can show you guys. I don't know if like, this screen is going to show, but... It is this character called... Noodles. Yeah. Oh, it's that's cute. Noodle. It's a noodle. Ah, that's cute. Yeah. So, um, I've been spending my time drawing. Uh, so you know my artist skills still intact. Yes. So you you <laughs> can still draw and you can still create cool stuff. Yes. See, this is where it gets you know very nice because I get to respect of it. You know. So yeah. uh, I I've been spending a lot of time um, strategizing. I want to create a lot more content for Nudes. Uh, I want to put myself out there for uh, to um, to promote like Asian food that caters in the realm of noodle, right? Mm. Um, I don't want to put my cell point to specifically uh, the Singapore audience, but I want to bring myself like literally out there for the Southeast Asian community. I think, you know, like how you have like those scenes where you see mukbang, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of this trend when you see Korean um, Korean uh, TV series that really promotes a lot of their Korean food. It makes you hungry, right? It makes you want to taste their food. It makes you want to like crave for this, what it tastes like. They look like they're enjoying it. And it's the same like how Ghibli did it for Japanese food. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I see that there was something that I want to, you know, there's somewhere that I want to put myself into. Uh, I want to promote uh, Southeast Asian food. I want to uh, start to draw a lot more, uh, maybe like Singapore Bachomi, or mm-hmm. maybe Laksa, or maybe like even like, I mean, I, I grew up in Indonesia, so I also want to promote some of the Indonesian food. And that's going to react, I, I personally think that's going to react a lot of people to want to try to taste it. So it's not just about creating a character, 
but it's about uh, creating a trend using mm-hmm. the character. It's more than just drawing that character out and creating content just because I like it. So uh, that's where I am. And every day is a journey of like strategizing how I can develop a lot more content that would make people eager want to try Foundation. That sounds really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, you with your pro- producer background, I think that has really like um, give it a different twist, right? Because you're not just doing artwork that's just you know taking a shot and just seeing what happens. You actually have a yeah. um, strategy, you know, a process that could get you a higher chance of um, you know getting the recognition and building a followership and whatnot. Yeah, and I think um, see when I start to draw it, it's strategizing the con- strategizing the content. Uh, strategizing, oh, I can't spell that word. Strategizing, uh, sort of like who could invest to it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I have been building my connection, talking to people, and so mm-hmm. I kind of know on based on my connections who can I approach to it, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, I also know how to uh, create a system, a timeline, and a budget system uh, to know what it takes to create how much amount of content and how much money I need to grow this bigger. Mm-hmm. And I also have a pool of artists team that I can also gather once I have enough capital to uh, <laughs> so actually hopefully help me out in this whole thing. But I mean, I'm still at the starting point. I'm starting to draw it myself uh, for now, but hopefully it'll be, you know, it'll be a company of its own. It'll be growing big, Wow, it sounds like you're really running the prepping the grease for the you know the business machine. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's exciting time for me. So COVID can just well, I'm I think I really hope that the COVID ends. But for me right now, it's a really good time for me to focus on really uh, investing my time for myself. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that's a really powerful reminder to just don't waste time in this pandemic. I mean, everyone wants it to end as early as possible. Um, yeah, because it's such a big disruption in our lives. But at the same time, it's also a good opportunity to just relook and reflect and see, you know, what, what can be done better? You know, what have I been doing all these um, years or months or whatever? Can things be different? I mean, obviously things are very different right now, but how can we leverage it to make it, you know, the um, best possible chance for us to reinvent ourselves to reposition ourselves and to you know hopefully come out with something new which is exactly what you're doing which is great yeah Yeah. (laughs) um i think it's uh you know like when you're working before this whole covid every one of us work literally from nine to five coming home super tired you just want to rest you don't want to like do any other work you don't even want to use your brain you just want to zone out from watching netflix Mm -hmm. um so this is a good time right because like uh, you're stuck in your room. You're just like so tired, like looking at your screen. So you know, just maybe take your time to switch it off and like ponder and reflect upon what you have been in your years and see how you want to be in the coming future and how you can start from now to invest on that. Mm. Right? Yeah, and it sounds like you are reconnecting with yourself as well, right? While you're doing that, because you're figuring oh, yeah. out who you are, who I am, what I'm doing. You know, yeah. yeah. So that's great. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I hope you guys will promote it, like, like it, like it. Yeah, so give it a, a like. Um, it, so I think the moniker is at Noodles, right? How do you spell that? 
N O O D S L Y. Yeah, so do support another N O O D S L Y. Nutsley. Yes. Yeah, so it's a new IP that she's creating, and you know, give her a like. Um, maybe it can also whet your appetites while you're having uh, some food and <laughs> you know, some <laughs> some delicious Southeast Asian cuisine that you can uh, you know that you want her to illustrate or to you know put into a brand. Do leave her a message yeah. and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. leave a shout out. Thank you, Dom. No worries. You're more than welcome. So I think um, that's uh, that'll be the end of our show today. Um, thank you guys for sticking around. Um, come Sunday, uh, oh, sorry, next Wednesday, we will have another Indonesian artist. I think this week has been a week for Indonesian artists. Uh, so, I don't think you introduced me for being an Indonesian. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, you know, you, you, did, you did mention a little bit about your heritage. So I kind of like, you know, <laughs> It's it's been stuck. Yeah. It's assumed that people know based on uh, <laughs> your, name, yeah. Your, yeah, your name. So okay, no worries. Nadia is from Indonesia. My bad. I totally forgot about that. But yeah, this 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 three episodes, it seems like it's um I've been featuring Indonesian artists. But you know what? Southeast Asia is big and um, you know, we have many artists that we want to just um introduce and feature them. Cause uh, I just feel like, you know, um yeah, there's not been many platforms and opportunities for Southeast Asians to just show up and show their work. So yeah, next week we have another Indonesian artist. Uh, sorry, next week. I keep saying next week. Next Wednesday. Um, her name um, will be put up on Facebook and Instagram. Do check it out um, very shortly. Um, and yeah, stick around. So I'll see you guys on Wednesday, 9 p.m. See you guys. Bye. Thank you, guys. Hey guys, Ribosaurus Dom here. Thank you for joining us in our Roar. If you'd like to hear more about Southeast Asian entertainment designers and creatives, do give us a subscribe. Join us at Ribosaurus Draws on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Catch you next time.